Private Lender Podcast, Episode 37. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Abraham Lincoln, who said, Let no feeling of discouragement prey upon you, and in the end, you are sure to succeed. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Private Lender Podcast, the only podcast on the web dedicated to teaching people how to become successful private lenders, the most passive form of real estate investing there is, and also dedicated to teaching private lenders how to mitigate risk and increase their yields. My name is Keith Baker, and you're listening to episode number 37. This episode is set to air the week of September 10th, 2018, and I thought I would discuss what has kind of led me up to producing this podcast, or the kernel that has blossomed into this great experiment that I've called the Private Lender Podcast. And if you go back about 10 years ago to September 15th of 2008, what happened that day in history? The largest filing of bankruptcy, Chapter 11 bankruptcy in U.S. history. This is when Lehman Brothers filed Chapter 11, which many had interpreted as the beginning of the great recession even though it had, it already the sub how the subprime housing crisis had already kicked in lehman was this huge monster bank that filed for chapter 11 and if you too young or don't remember or you've slept since then or maybe had a cocktail or two you might be asking yourself well what does this have to do with this podcast or you know lehman brothers have to do with this podcast or investing or real estate or to anybody who's listening. And I will answer that question with a bit of a rant once we thank our sponsor. 713 RIA invites you to come out and experience one of the fastest growing RIA groups in the greater Houston area. The goal of 713 RIA is to provide quality information to every level of investor. The organizers Landon Rothstein and Ray Sasser have found that no matter where you are in the investing process, those investors who effectively network are far more successful than those who don't. And 713 RIA is geared to help you both get the information you need and provide the networking that will propel your investing. For more information, please visit 713RIA.com. That's 713REIA.com. Okay, so full disclosure, I'm running a little behind schedule. Things at work have picked up and are good, which is great, my day job. And nice and secure, it's a positive thing. However, the kids' schedule with school and everything has really just uh, bogged me down a little bit. It's uh, I love it that my, my kids are active. They're in sports. They're in uh, in music. But yeah, poor me. Anyway, uh, this wasn't a, a set to be a, a pity party. Just to acknowledge that I I do need a little bit of a filler here and there. And so this was a quick and easy topic because it it kind of dawned on me uh, not too long ago. Uh, while I was uh, sitting on a plane waiting to, waiting to come home or trying to come home and hoping the airline gods would, would smile on me and allow me to get home and, and sleep in my bed rather than in a plane or an airport. And I could trace my disdain for banks back to 
the Lehman Brothers collapse and the filing of bankruptcy. I mean, they had $600 trillion under their control. $600 trillion. And they had, you know, and, and this is an interpretation. I'm not going to sit here and spew facts, but they basically, in recent years, have been accused of being more of a hedge fund, a real estate hedge fund, than an actual you know, investment bank. Because they had just gotten so upside down, and and I, it made me wonder how could how could somebody be so cavalier with somebody else's money? I mean, you know, I think I was raised much like many of you. Money was something you don't talk about outside of family. You don't talk to your friends about how much you make or how much you owe or what something costs. And so, for Lehman Brothers to have six hundred trillion dollars under management and just to piss it away like they did. And be so cavalier, I guess it boggles my mind. Just boggles my mind, especially at that time. And this is when you know "Too Big to Fail" was being bantied about, and Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Washington Mutual, which doesn't even exist anymore. Chase. All of this comes back to my disdain that I have for banks, especially now in this low interest rate environment. So I, I feel like I have this like almost this hatred. <laughs> of of banks after that uh, and, and you know we could go probably into you can go get a therapist and we can d- delve into the emotional problems that I have that cause this but I look back on it as is 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 monumental one because you know that was the first to me the shot that shot her around the world that look this is real you know Lehman is is gone and that's it and this is quite contrary to the way I, I grew up. My grandfather was a, a doctor, and he was one of the, I guess, you know, one of the pillars of the community, so to speak, in a very small farming town in Oklahoma. But it was essentially, it was the doctor, the, the dentist, the eye doctor, and the banker were on the board of the chair, you know, a lot of different boards in the chamber of commerce or whatever, but quote unquote pillars of the community. So, I mean, banking to me is something that at least at one time was held in high regard. And my understanding is that my grandfather, though I, I, I don't remember him, but he you know, had relationships and friendships with these, with these other gentlemen and being a banker was something to be regarded. It was something to strive to be. And after AIG, Lehman, all this, it really left a bad taste in my mouth and it really went back to my, I guess, rebellious attitude and behavior. Whereas instead of going out and buying a a pair of black Chuck Taylor Converse All-Stars and bleaching the logo for the dead Kennedys in them, I decided it was probably time to, if if I was going to retire, if I had any hope of retiring, I was going to take the reins and take control over, over over my investments. It was going to have to be up to me. Nobody was going to do it for me. And then that's when this whole the whole private lending thing really really kicked off for me. And you like you know you can look back and see what the Dow is doing ten years later, and it's up nicely. You know, I mean, whether you blame Trump or uh, attribute it to him. Uh, or like him or hate him, I, I, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal market. And we're, we are getting long in the tooth, but it's been a hell of a run. But we had to go through 08, 09, 10, and 11 
to get out of it, where even though real estate prices were hit during that time in many markets, I mean, let's leave leave out the coasts, okay? Your California, Oregon, Seattle, or sorry, Washington, and your, your East Coast, Florida, New York. Those are the the exceptions. Those are the more volatile markets. Your middle America markets didn't lose a whole lot of value. They lost value, but not anything near what the coasts did. And had had you taken some of that money and loaned it out against the real estate, you could get year over year over year returns of you know 8 12 14% and the beautiful thing is i mean secured by a tangible asset so even if that house burns down or even if lehman files bankruptcy you still have the land and something you also have if you're smart if you have any loan out or a lien out, you're going to have this or demand that your borrower have it. You're going to have property insurance. You're going to have flood insurance. Yep, I live in Houston. Always carry flood insurance. If you only learn one thing from this podcast, always carry National Flood Insurance Program, FEMA-backed flood insurance. It's dirt cheap, and there's no reason not to enforce or make sure that your borrowers have it. If they're going to balk at that, if your borrower is going to say they can't afford $400, they can't afford the, the deal. And walk away. Anyway, uh, that's a that's that's a little side rant. I guess it's a side rant of a side rant of the rant. But nonetheless, this is where it all comes back to. So, why am I babbling to you now over the the, the great airwaves of the of the internet? Is private lending the best thing out there? No, there's probably other things that are going to give you better returns. But nothing is nothing is as passive as private lending. No investment should be completely passive. But I've talked to this in the past. You know, once you do your homework and you're set, it is easy to go. Just collect the, the mailbox money, as they say. Sometimes things don't work out, but if you do your you do your due diligence, you put things in place, you can work it can work really well, very pass <clears throat> sorry, very passively for you. So what does this have to do with you? Dear listener, simple. Blockchain is here to stay. Whether you like Bitcoin or crypto or whatever, forget all that for a moment. Blockchain is here to stay. The technology is here. And it's going to change a lot of the a lot of the, the, the mechanisms that are in place. Title companies, filing and keeping deeds at the county courthouse, so on and so forth. And so my ultimate goal with all of this is to provide or to build that tribe of lenders. So that real estate investors and normal people who are architects or engineers or dentists or lawyers or janitors or bus drivers or whatever it is you do for a living, teaching, and you commit to bettering yourself and making those investments, there's no reason you need to go to the bank. There should be no reason to go to the bank. If you're a real estate investor, there should be no reason you go to the bank. All of this can be done person to person. And all of it can be benefited. Okay, benefit is not the right word, but it, it can all be facilitated over the web and social media. The very thing that was people were complaining is tearing us apart and isolating us more and more. Social media can help us bring together, be brought together, come together, loan each other money, become joint venture partners, share another. Oh, look at that! I didn't turn off my cell phone. I apologize for that, Lender Nation. Anyway, that's the point of all this. 
well, I'll just ram. I'm going to wrap it up now because you're probably about to crash into the car in front of you from falling asleep. So that's the point. That's the whole reason why I've done this. I recently was at the Quest Expo and people were asking me, why am I doing it? And that was the answer. I, I, I hadn't thought of it, but that's that's the truth. That's from the gut. I, I want to create an economy where we rely upon each other and we don't rely on banks that are too big to fail or that get bailed out because they made stupid, stupid investment decisions. We can put the power in our own hands and we don't need banks. The banks can take your W-2 direct deposit and give us free notaries. I love hearing stories when real estate investors go to banks using private money and use the bank notary. I love that. This makes me smile. Anyway, all right, I've, I've rambled on long enough. I appreciate you listening to me. I appreciate all the support I've been getting. Please keep the questions coming via email. Uh, one of these days I will start reading them off on the air. I do, I do promise that. Um, there's a lot of stuff I want to keep going with this. And I'm look, really looking forward to it. Uh, what else? I got to ask you. I got to beg you guys. Oh, yes, please, please. If you're hearing me, please go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. And, and if you could go to Google Podcast and leave me a rating and review, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Just consider it payment for a free podcast. That's the... Um, that's the price, and I would greatly appreciate it if you could just spread the word and, or give me a rating and review, an honest one. You know, if you think it's a one, give me a one. But tell me that. Let me know. Just give me an honest review, because the more reviews this podcast get gets, the higher in the rankings, the more eyes it gets in front of, the more people we can reach, and then we can really build a community, a nationwide community, worldwide community of private lenders to where we don't need banks. We just need each other. I'm not looking for utopia. I'm just looking for people with money. All right. Please rate and review. Remember, you can always go to privatelenderpodcast.com or you can email me at keith at privatelenderpodcast.com. I've got some exciting interviews coming up down uh, the next few months as we round out the first year. And I wish you all prosperous and happy lending and investing. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.